The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand Series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Welcome to the Rainmaker Multiplier podcast series. This is a special edition along with the sub-series we've been doing about playing offense and playing defense in a virtual environment. And today is very much more geared towards defense, playing defense in a virtual environment. So what do we mean by that? Well, we're going to talk about today the application process that we went through last week. Um, Dave Allison is here. He's joining me. And uh, the, the application process we went through for the CARES Act and applying for the Payroll Protection Program. Um, and just what our experience has been so far, sharing with you, because if you haven't applied yet, you may want to, or you may fall into another category that should be applying by April 10th or on April 10th. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that and what our experiences are. And so uh, special edition on a Sunday evening, because we wanted to get this to you guys tomorrow on Monday. So uh, I know I've already had dinner and my wife and I split a bottle of wine. So uh, yeah, <laughs> so this is great doing a podcast, a little bit of wine in my belly. How you doing, Dave? Good. I haven't had dinner or wine yet, so I'll, I'll give the details. How about yeah. that? Yeah, <laughs> you, that's kind of you and I are a good combo that way. Nice. <laughs> All right. Nice. So, well, I've uh, I've probably done eight of these applications between our companies and clients, and working through them, everything from the. EIDL side as well as the PPP side. So I think we got a lot of great information to talk about how it can apply to an advisory business and the, the, the advisors that we work with and things that they should think of to take advantage of it. So certainly yeah. will be timely information. No doubt about it. And so let's start at the beginning, right? Let's start at, I mean, obviously the beginning was even before Thursday, but when the madness really started was uh, Thursday, um, we gained ac access to the uh, application. Um, it was like crazy hours. We're emailing back and forth. And luckily, we're friends. Uh, Dave's, he's an old friend of yours, Dave, our banker. Um, college buddy, right? Yeah, college roommate. Yeah, yeah. So so we're, we're texting and emailing at all crazy hours of the night and everything else. And then started right back up Friday morning. But we gained access to the application and uh, got that filled out. Um, I, uh, I got all geared up in my coronavirus gear and went over to our C2P office with gloves and everything else and went in there and, and Pablo, our chief operating officer, met me in there, printed everything out. And we're practicing the social distancing rules and I signed everything and I go back home and uh, then, I, then I get a call from Dave. There's a new version <laughs> that came out. And, um, and, and it was good, too, because, you know, we, uh, we actually caught how that first version, we were checking off self-employed because it was the most relevant to us. But then uh, they came out with another version where we were able to 
check off the correct uh, the correct um, classification of our business. And and so let's talk about classification of the business for anybody who hasn't applied yet. I know at JL Smith Group, and I'm I'm an S corp, and so I applied on first thing Friday morning when they opened up. Um, C2P, we're a partnership LLC, so we also qualified to apply on uh, April 3rd, Friday morning when they opened up. And Dave, Allison Wealth, you're a single member LLC, right? Yep, I am. And so also a qualification for you to apply on April 3rd. Um, what about, um, t- Dave, talk about the two different um, timelines, April 3rd and April 10th, and who applies on April 3rd and who applies on April 10th. Yeah, so the, the really, if you think about it, the people that they put to apply on April 3rd are the people who are primarily paying wages today. Um, and so if you think about the company structure, I mean, some of the terminology is still a little bit vague, but it's really the small businesses. Um, if you're an S corp, if you're a C corp, if you're a partnership, even uh, a single member LLC, and you have payroll expense. Um, those are really the people that are getting priority to uh, go ahead and apply on the third. And a big part of that is, I mean, the government passed this stimulus package to really help protect wages. Uh, that's hence the name payroll uh, protection program. And so on the third, we have the opportunity to go ahead and submit um, for most of us who have employees that we're paying. But it's uh, been kind of identified through this whole process. Well, there's certainly self-employed individuals um, that, you know, maybe they're their only employee um, and a lot of individuals that are on contract labor. So, Jason, I know even in in your business and and our business at C2P, you know, we pay a lot of 1099 individuals. All of our advisors at our corporate RIA are all on 1099. And so for somebody who's solely 1099, that's really the date of the 10th. Um, so Congress wanted to allow, you know, the, the individuals paying W-2 salaries um, or other compensation to employees to have that first tier on the third. Uh, I'm sure it'll give them time to kind of sort out how the processing will work. And then ultimately on the 10th, have the second round go through. And we've been reading and hearing, most people have in the news, I mean, about $350 billion was the first round of funding Congress approved. Um, they are anticipating the well to run dry and, uh, and another round to be approved to continue to help small businesses. Now, that's not you know, set in stone yet, but I know that is something basically the, the uh, uh, Treasury came out last night, I believe it was and said, uh, as soon as that runs dry, they're going to be applying for more. Um, And so that's kind of the two different waves, Jason, and uh, certainly impacts a lot of our advisors. Even, you know, for example, you might have two businesses. And with this whole process, you you cannot apply twice as an individual. So like Dave Allison can't uh, apply twice for the loan, of course, that would be double dipping. But if I own two different businesses, you know, for example, I, uh, I own Allison Wealth Management, which, you know, let's say hypothetically was a C-Corp and I have wages and employees that I'm paying. But then I also have a 1099 business where I'm getting paid as a contractor 
and I'm not, I'm not moving that 1099 income into my S corp, there could be the opportunity to apply twice. Jason, you've uh, witnessed this as well with your business. You have the JL Smith group and you also have C2P enterprises. Of course, we were able to apply at C2P enterprises and you were able to apply at the JL Smith group. And so having those dates, uh, again, it was the third. Now we know the applications really didn't get processed on Friday. Uh, the banks kept warning the government that they just weren't ready. Um, so I would imagine we're gonna see a lot of activity on Monday, but uh, ultimately, um, you know, the, those are the two key dates, the third and the 10th. Yeah, and so let's talk about, um, so, the so technically dave i'll have an opportunity to apply a third time um for uh because of my 1099 business being paid uh as an iar of prosperity capital advisors so that's potentially because jl smith group number one i'm basically applying for the people that i pay payroll for and then number two, C2P, same thing, the people that are provided payroll from C2P. But then me personally, as an independent contractor almost, that gets paid uh, for, as an IAR of PCA, there could be a potential of me basically being applying a third time on April 10th. Yeah, if you think about it, right, the government didn't want people to double dip or, you know, kind of like on taxes in the IRS, you know, they don't want people to get economic benefit off the same dollar. And so right. Prosperity Capital Advisors is your cor corporate RIA, right? And they pay you an income and it's on a 1099 basis. So that income they're paying you as an IAR is not eligible in payroll expense to them. So there's no benefit to Prosperity. Well, the second thing is that income goes straight to you, Jason Smith, as an individual on a 1099 contractor basis. And so um, it, it, that would be essentially qualified income that could be used under the definition of you know, payroll benefit that you're getting for a, a self-employed independent contractor, essentially. So remember, there's the $100,000 cap. Um, but but essentially, you are right. You could have three layers that you could potentially apply for um, because they are three different entities. There's, you know, of course, the partnership that you're a partner in, but then there is the JL Smith Group and you as an individual contractor. Technically, I, you know, so there's C2P, first of all, and we have a, a bunch of employees there, 50-some employees. And so for that payroll, we're able to, under the payroll protection program, get two and a half months of the, uh, of the average monthly salary. And that's over the last 12 months, whatever that average was. So it times it by two and a half percent. Now on JL Smith Group, I have 13 employees there. Same thing. It's whatever that average monthly payroll is times two and a half. Um, for the payroll protection program as a potential um, benefit that's available of a forgivable loan. The third component is the money that I receive as an IAR underneath the RIA that I'm available essentially as an independent contractor to apply for that. Now, 
I don't though. And why don't I? Most all of you will that are out there, I believe. But why I don't is because I have my money um, that I receive from the corporate RIA assigned over to my S Corp. And so even on my tax return, and so therefore, that's part of the equation of that monthly amount that's times two and a half percent times two and a half for JL Smith Group. So it disqualifies me to, in essence, double dip because that was already part of the equation for the JL Smith Group reimbursement. Now, if I weren't having that money go through my business, then I would have been qualified to be able to apply for the third level, which I believe that's April 10th, right? For independent yeah, contractors. And, right and yep, exactly. And Jason, I think I could simplify it even further. I mean, I believe that the intent of this was that any money that you pay payroll tax on, essentially, self employment tax, is eligible. And so, you know, for example, by you taking your advisory fees and, and assigning those to your S Corp. And then let's say you, you know, pay out profit from that S Corp. You don't pay self-employment tax on that. That's essentially a dividend, which is why you don't and aren't able to calculate that income. But if you were just filing a Schedule C like I do with my tax, uh, with my advisory fees, you know, because I'm a single member LLC, a disregarded entity, uh, I have my advisory fees flow to my Schedule C on my tax return. Now, I am hit with full self-employment tax on that, but that's why it's deemed wages for me. And so if you remember early on, some of the stimulus and aid talk was around suspending payroll benefits. Well, essentially, you know, you can kind of walk the line through how this rule came to be. And I think that's a gray area. I mean, there's the, the, that's, that's the kind of Dave Allison analysis of a lot of this that I've seen, read, and talked to other people about. But um, Essentially, I think it's going to come down to your ultimate lender and talking to them about what income everywhere I've seen is um, uh, net income from a C Corp or an S Corp that is passed through as a dividend and not necessarily self-employment income that's countable. And so, um, so I think that that will actually apply to most advisors, as you mentioned, though, those ones that are just kind of independent contractors. Uh, earlier today, I was doing some consulting with a, uh, a large life insurance agent from uh, Forum 400 that saw me speak there. And uh, just kind of sharing with him because he has a C-Corp, uh, has one employee and himself over at the C-Corp, but then a lot of his other business is just 1099 to him individually. And so again, he would file two applications. He would file the C-Corp application for his payroll benefit there, and then he would have, you know, and file the the uh, the uh, the 1099 contractor application uh, when that window opens. Yep, yep. And this stuff is so important to understand. And Dave, you wrote a great summary over this weekend that we'll attach and make it downloadable for the podcast. But the uh, um, the cool thing about this is, is like the more you know. So, for example. Literally yesterday, I was talking to one of my neighbors at the lake house, and he's an independent contractor. He had no clue what was going on. And this guy, you know, he, he's a smart guy, but he just assumed none of this applied to him. You know, like he didn't even look at it, didn't read anything about it. When I started educating him on it, now all of a sudden he's like, 
you and I need to talk. I need this kind of advice. And this is a very high income, high net worth person, an ideal client. But look at what this information, you know, has now opened up the door. So it's worth doing your doing your homework. The good part is, is Dave's already done all the homework. All you have to do is brush up so you can speak intelligently to people out there. Because there's a lot of people you're going to be able to help with this information. Yeah, it's a huge opportunity. Like I said, I mean, I've been I've been talking with so many of our advisors. I've been talking with so many prospects, clients, business owners, sharing this stuff with them, and they're blown away. I mean, in the the Treasury regs in the SBA, I mean, they listed some some approved agents to be able to distribute this information, and it's really, of course, we know the bankers, but it's attorneys and accountants also. So if you have a tax practice, I was just in an enrolled agent um, kind of forum this morning and a lot of debate going back and forth on, you know, what the duties are for people who have tax firms to help business owners with this stuff. And the reality of it is, uh, Jason, I think that there's so many CPA firms, tax firms, even attorneys that they're, they just haven't taken the time to become familiar with this yet. They're scrambling, uh, not being able to work themselves or go into their office or dealing with their own team, that they haven't figured out how to apply this information to others yet. And so you could be the first one to bring this value to prospects. And uh, I think it's going to be incredible to plant seeds for the future uh, when they see the type of value and advice that you have the ability to give. You know what I want to do is just kind of recap before we move on, um, because, you know, we're assuming a lot of the basics are already understood by everybody listening. But, you know, just from a very basic standpoint, so it opened up for April 3rd on Friday. You need to go ahead and get your application as soon as, as possible. Again, as long as, just like Dave said, as long as you're paying, um, any type of payroll tax, right, Dave? I mean, in essence, those are the people that would apply April 3rd because it's the independent contractors that are going to be the April 10th. So you're going to want you're going to want to go to an approved SBA lender, and a lot of the big banks. There, I've talked to a lot of people. I'm sure you have too, Dave, over the last few days since Thursday, and they're having a hard time getting anywhere. So you might want to look for a smaller bank. I know that's where our relationship and where we were able to kind of get right in. And so hey, Jay, maybe the key with the bank, big banks is yeah. if you have a loan, if you have a loan or a credit card, you have a shoe in at the big banks, the big banks. I've had Bank of America turn down some of my clients and I've had Bank of America accept some of my clients. And kind of the golden ticket is if you have any kind of lending with them and they've even gone so far to say a credit card counts. But I had one business that had all their money, almost a million dollars in cash in their business checking account with Bank of America. But they, because they didn't have a credit card or a loan with them, they, they got yep. kicked out, basically. It's crazy. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> yep. Um, and so, yep, yep, exactly. So the, uh, the other thing is just basics, though, is you're able to take, um, in, Dave, is it the last 12 months average? It's uh, right? right now, I mean, the, the, the federal regs actually showed the last 12 months, but the banks have now changed it to 2019. So you want to use January through December of 19. Okay, excellent. All right. So you, you take that and it includes employer match for 401k contributions that include, uh, 
does it include health insurance, Dave, if you're paying part of the yeah. health insurance? Yeah. Yeah. So basically what it includes, I mean, I, I, I think there's probably three key components that, that our advisors and most business owners are dealing with. There's compensation to your employees up to a max of $100,000 per employee. And so, um, so that's important. The first reg said that uh, most people interpreted that anyone who made over 100000 you didn't get any of that included. Uh, but in this case, it is up to 100000 So, you know, let's say for easy math, you had, uh, you know, 12 people making 100 grand each. That's 1.2 million of wages divided by 12 months. You're back at your 100000 But to your point, Jason, you could also include employer paid health care costs and also 401k or retirement plan uh, benefits paid by the employer. So not the employee's deferral election, but whatever is right. you know, a match, or if you're self-employed, you know, like I was able to include my own SEP IRA contribution into that formula to get to my average. And so really those are the big three, wages, retirement contributions, and healthcare benefits. What about taxes? No taxes. Uh, now, the payroll taxes has been another gray area. A lot of banks are asking for it. The rules have stated that they, they are not including it. But again, it kind of goes into hit or miss where some, the reason why they didn't take applications on Friday is at least the bigger banks are saying, give us clear guidance, which it's crazy that, that it is this complicated in the first place. But um, what we're finding, most places are not including payroll taxes into the formula at all. Excellent. So you take that number, that monthly number, you times it by two and a half. You get that as a, um, as a forgivable loan. And then in order to qualify to make it forgivable, you have to spend that money over the course of eight weeks. And it has to be on payroll or it could be on rent and utilities, but a maximum of 25% of that dollar amount that you received is allowed to be spent on rent and utilities. Is that correct, Dave? Yeah, so essentially uh, there's really two parts of the formula and I always have people write this down separately when they're figuring out their benefits. So the first part is how much you're eligible for in loan money. Because remember, at the end of the day, this is just a loan with a 1% interest rate that has no personal guarantees and no collateral. So you're essentially applying for a loan. And then once you get that money in your bank account, you then have eight weeks to spend it on eligible expenses as Jason shared. And so 75% of the loan has to be paid on payroll benefits, which again are your wages. They're your retirement benefits. They're your health care. It's the same formula that went into figuring out the loan. Now, the other 25% can be used for rent, utilities, or interest on the mortgage if you own the building, for example. I know, Jason, you do. Uh, so you can use it for mortgage interest. And so essentially, any of the money that's used in that eight-week period for those three things is forgiven. Now, you still owe the interest on the money. Uh, the interest isn't forgiven at this point, but the principle of the loan is. And what's great about it is for most people who know taxes, anytime you have a loan forgiven, it's deemed a taxable event. 
but in this case, it is not taxable. So when they forgive the loan, Jason, if you got, let's say $100,000 in loan money all forgiven, then it's not taxable either. Which is huge. Yeah. So good. So I think everybody hopefully has a pretty good understanding because of the fact that this is a forgivable loan. And even if it's not forgiven, it's a 1% interest loan. I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to figure out a good way to do something good for your business with that money. And just, you know, even if hypothetically you didn't, but why wouldn't you spend it on the, over the course of the next eight weeks, once you receive the check on the payroll and the rent and utilities and everything else. And then that way it's forgivable. I mean, in essence, it's like, it's free money like to deal with, this time that all of our businesses are having to go through this time of transition to operating in a virtual environment. So you definitely want to take advantage of it, whether you're the April 3rd crowd or the April 10th crowd, or possibly the combination of the two, like we described. Uh, so the only other thing I wanted to touch on, Dave, as part of this CARES Act, is um, I did also want to touch on, even though this is not as big of a deal, for lack of better words, because it's not a lot of money, but the economic injury disaster loan, right? And yeah. so uh, let's talk about that, Dave. If you do the payroll protection program, which everybody's going to pretty much going to want to do by, you know, on April 3rd, April 10th, like we talked about, what about can you also do, I know the answer to this, you can, but why would you want to? And what would qualify you to also be able to utilize the economic injury disaster loan. Yeah, well, like you said, it's not a lot of money, but unfortunately it's creating like 90% of the confusion because people don't know which one to do and which one's right for them, which is again, the value that we could go bring to our business owner clients. But essentially the EIDL is purely a loan, right? And you can take a maximum of $2 million out. It's an SBA loan but it's got very favorable terms and conditions. So for example, if you're a for-profit business, it's a 3.75% interest rate. For our nonprofits, it's a 2.75% interest rate. And essentially it's a 10-year repayback schedule with no prepayment penalties, first payment due one year into the future. So if you think about those terms, pretty favorable, no personal guarantees, for loans under 100,000. And uh, you do require collateral for loans over 25,000. So personal guarantees over 200,000, collateral over 25,000. Now you asked a key thing, Jason, you asked who would wanna use this. The reason that this came out first is Congress passed this for people who literally were, were in more of an emergency state for working capital. So I always use like the restaurants, for example, uh, the bar owners, the people that that are going to be in pretty bad shape that like at least we can still operate, even though virtually we can do it and earn a living. There's a lot of businesses out there that can't. And so what essentially this gave the business owner the ability to do is when they complete the application and the application is pretty easy. It takes 10 or 15 minutes. I actually did one this morning. Um, and uh, what you essentially have the ability to do is click a button and apply for an advanced $10,000 grant. 
And so that's the free money in this program, $10,000 grant available immediately. They say the money's in your bank account within three days and you don't have to pay that back. Even if you get declined for the loan, you still don't have to pay that back, but you do have to substantiate. Now I, I went through the application to see what the process was. I actually didn't apply for it myself, so I don't want people to get confused about that. But um, what you do, is, is it's there if your business has really taken a, a big economic hit and you have trouble paying your bills. I think the important thing for both of these programs is they are not built for lost income because of this. And they are not built for opportunistic uh, you know, uh, measures, like I wanna go make an investment in my business and now's the time to. They passed both of these programs to provide capital to keep people from getting fired, essentially, from keeping people right. to, from going on furlough, to be able to pay wages. And so you have to really substantiate more on the EID in terms of the economic hardship, and essentially it's a loan that you're taking. The $10,000 is available. And so how it could be coordinated though between the two, and you're gonna find a lot of business owners potentially need this. Maybe even you do apply for this. But you can go on the EID loan, apply for it, get the $10,000, and use that in your business to help maintain payroll or staff or anything like that. And then you also apply for the PPP loan. Now, if you do get approved for the EID loan, at the time you get approved for the second PPP loan, you essentially have to refinance your EID loan into your PPP loan. And so you could imagine why people are confused. Think about all the letters that I just said, mm -hmm. right? You right. refinance your loan from the EID into the PPP. So you essentially don't have both an EID loan and a PPP you know what, loan. Dave, that kind of sounded like a TLC song, actually. It did. <laughs> I got, I, I'm dancing, you can't see us, but it's, uh, I'm gonna create a music video for this. So, um, so here's the other piece of it though, that 10 grand, that's the grant essentially up to 10 grand, it's not guaranteed to be 10 grand, it's up to 10 grand, cannot also pay for the same payroll expenses that you're applying to be forgiven under the PPP side. So if I have, you know, Jason, you're on my payroll and you're making two grand a month and I use part of my 10 grand to pay your two grand in the month of April, I can't also use your two grand in the month of April to qualify for my PPP to be forgiven. And so essentially, like I keep saying the number one rule you have to remember in all of this is you just can't double dip. You have to use it for the right things and you can't double dip. And uh, if you could remember those two things, you know, and apply it to every scenario that you're running through, I think it'll ultimately help you out. But you're right, I don't see a lot of, at least a lot of our advisory offices doing the EID. Um, right. You know, maybe if they wanna go through the application and get the 10 grand. Um, I mean, to be honest, like at, at Jason at C2P, we could have got the 10 grand. We would have easily used it, not had it forgiven. Um, you know, but again, it would have almost been more hassle to, because it could have essentially screwed up our PPP, which is going to be our much well, bigger oh, amount. That's gonna... Well, you know what? I, totally. I get what you're saying. Dave. You know what, too? It's almost like, you know, hoarding. 
Right, or it going is. out there and buying That's up a, all the toilet paper. Like, there's people <laughs> who really need that EID. And so, totally. you know, don't be a, yeah, don't be a. That's what I've been hog, telling all right? my all my clients. They don't need the money. I mean, there's people, there's businesses, right. there's restaurants, there's bars. They're closing down. Like, they need that money more exactly. than more than any of our businesses. No doubt. But on the other hand, going back to reference kind of the comment I made about the payroll protection program at a 1% loan, listen, I mean, even if you're in, a, in great shape, the bottom line is the market just took a hit. Your income is going to take a hit. I mean, so there is a hardship on, on everybody at this point in our industry, I believe. And so I would not hesitate at all going um, going forward with the payroll protection program, getting the loan. And here's the thing. It doesn't mean you don't have the other money sitting in your business checking account to make payroll if you need to. But if you use this money to make the payroll, now it's forgivable. And you don't even have to pay back that, that loan, um, at, even though the terms are amazing at 1%. So Jason, let's, I just want to walk, you know, in, as we kind of start to wrap up here, I want to walk everyone through this because I think hearing the numbers and seeing it, like it helps. I know it's helped with all the people I've been speaking with, but let's say you are, yep. you're an advisor, right? And it is you and one team member, one full-time support staff, assistant, whatever you call it, and you pay them 60 grand a year right? W-2 wages on payroll, you file 941, uh, 60 grand a year is what they get. And then in addition to that, you have $400,000 of net income in your business that is, you know, taxed as a, let's say it's a single member LLC. So it's getting passed through to you. Um, so this is a case just like I have at Allison Wealth Management. I have one W-2 employee, my wife, and then I have myself, you know, that is a single member LLC. And so in that case, how much of my compensation is eligible in this 12-month formula? Well, $100,000 would be, right? right? Yep. And now how much of my one W-2 employee who's at 60 grand? She all 60, 60 grand. So now I'm up to 160000 and let's say I'm generous and I max out a SEP for both of us. So in my case, my SEP max is 56,000. And let's say in her case, uh, I said about 60,000 of income, let's say about 15,000 is what we're contributing for, for, uh, for, for her compensation. So again, we have 15,000 of retirement benefits plus 56,000 puts us at another 71,000. So now we're at 160,000 of wages plus 171,000 of retirement benefits brings us to a total of 231. And then let's say the healthcare paid by the company was, I don't know, Jason, what would healthcare costs be for two people uh, you know, these days? 20 grand? I don't know. 20, 30 yeah, grand? Let's, I was going to say 1500 a month, something like that. Yeah. So let's say it's 20000 So I would go and right. add that on top of it. So now for this team of two advisory firm, 
100,000 of one compensation, 60,000 of the other, SEP contributions and healthcare were at 251,000. If I take that and divide it by 12, that is $20,916 of monthly eligible benefit. And if I take that amount times 2.5, we are now at 52,291. That is the amount that I'm eligible for as a loan. And then assuming I use that 75% for payroll over the next eight weeks, 25% could be for uh, mortgage, utilities, or, you know, more interest mortgage, utilities, rent, uh, then it's all forgiven. And the reality of it is, I can, you know, I can control the payroll side of it, so I could use all of it for payroll and probably would over the next eight weeks. And that helps get the team by during these uncertain times. Very good. That was perfect, Dave. Um, yeah, I think we're at a wrap, but the, uh, the, the summary you put together, Dave, was fantastic. And so that'll be available. Well, how's it gonna be available? On the Clarity to Prosperity website? Yep, it's going to be on the Clarity website. It's going to get emailed out to everyone. And if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you came across this and uh, go to clarity2prosperity.com. We got a, a big, um, you know, kind of banner right on the front that talks all about these virtual advisor resources. It's kind of the theme we've been going on. Jason, you started by saying this is all about defense. We've been spending a whole bunch of time talking about offense. But also, if you just email anyone on our team, they can get that website over to you so that you can walk through all these benefits. And we encourage you, repurpose it. I took it. I put it on my blog. I've been emailing it out to everybody I know that's a business owner, driving them back to my website. So again, while we're doing it defensively for our business, we could be doing it offensively with our prospects and our clients to continue to bring value to them. No doubt. And so uh, stay tuned for uh, future podcasts. We'll have a few more on this series of playing offense and defense in a virtual environment. I know we're going to be interviewing a group that has been doing virtual webinars for quite some time, very successfully, uh, that, uh, that we're going to highlight and interview on a podcast on playing off offense in a virtual environment. We're also going to interview uh, my uh, controller, at uh, the JL Smith Group and also the controller at uh, C2P on a tool, the cash flow forecast, which is gonna be a tool that defensively to identify trends in your business, if the pipeline starts slowing down, if pending business does, how to forecast that revenue to be able to proactively make good decisions with your business before all of a sudden, you know, things aren't, you know, looking so hot from cash flow or uh, cash standpoint sitting in your bank account. So uh, stay tuned for those, uh, those that are on deck right now to be recorded here in the next week or two. And uh, thanks for joining and thanks for all your fantastic research and information, Dave. No problem. Let us know if there's anything we can do to help anyone on the podcast. The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. 
To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit Clarity2Prosperity.com.